Hello and welcome to the Harmony Inspired Health Podcast, where we will be discussing all things health, wellness, Ayurveda, and topics that will enhance your personal development. My name is Harmony and I am your podcast host. I am a clinical Ayurveda and integrative health practitioner and registered nurse who specializes in women's hormonal and gut health. I am also a yoga teacher, Pilates instructor, business owner, and a mama of twin boys. My mission is to bridge the gap between modern medicine and emerging science with natural therapies and the ancient wisdom of Ayurveda and Eastern medicine. I will be speaking with leaders in the industry and starting those conversations that will bring each modality together so we can truly offer a holistic health and wellness platform that educates and inspires you to live a more simple, healthy, and balanced life. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that each episode downloads to your podcast library. Then listen up and be inspired to create perfect health, healing, and harmony within your mind and body and live your most inspired life. You, my listener, are much appreciated. From my soul to yours, namaste. I would love to stay connected with you beyond me speaking into your ear holes every time you tune into this podcast. Join our tribe and subscribe to the Ayurveda Soul Sisters Tribe Facebook group so we can carry these conversations on in there. You can say hello on Facebook at Harmony Inspired Health or Instagram at Harmony Inspired Ayurveda or hang out on my website and see all the latest events, blogs or book in for an Ayurveda and integrative health consultation or body therapy. And don't forget to grab your free ebook whilst you're there. My website is www.harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. Before we hop into this awesome episode, I want to remind you that this episode is sponsored by my six month accredited program. Ayurveda Alchemist, which will certify you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. Ayurveda Alchemist is for those women who are ready to get started with a career in Ayurveda, to have more income, more fulfillment, and more time to do the things that light you up. This six-month program consists of 10 live lectures, fortnightly additional live Q&A support to keep you going, daily support inside the VIP Facebook community, two guest experts to help enhance your learning and help position your new business for success. All of this and more will be available through the online portal that can be downloaded as an app so that you can take your course with you in your pocket wherever you go. As a rose gold VIP, you will also get a 30-minute coaching call with myself. Spots are limited and we start on the 26th of August. To grab your spot today, head to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. 
I can't wait to welcome you to Ayurveda Alchemist. Now let's get into today's episode. Hello and welcome everybody to the podcast. This is Harmony, your podcast host. Today we will be talking about the effects of stress and trauma on our hormones. And we have a very special guest in studio today, and that is Simone O'Feltham. She is the owner and founder of Integrative Wellness. She's a clinical naturopath who has helped hundreds of clients change their lives and improve their health naturally. Simone is also a cognitive behavior coach and runs Women's Circle from Corumban. So welcome to the podcast, Simone. Hello, Harmony. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. (laughs) It's such a pleasure. Now, before we get into the episode, I always ask my guests a few rapid inspiration questions to get them started. So if you could inspire us with what your superpower is. Um, I guess I always had a very inquisitive mind and I always like to dig very deep into things to find out how we can not just understand, but I can also transform into a cellular level. So I guess always asking the right questions and always finding and following my intuition really helps me understand what's going through someone's lives and to help them on a very deep level as well. Yeah, amazing. Well, that's a handy superpower for a natural path. <laughs> Thank you. Do you like you. to get to the root cause of things? <laughs> we certainly do. And it's not easy sometimes, but you know, a little bit of intuition always helps. Yes. And what is your favorite quote or mantra at the moment? Um, I think I always say to everyone, including myself, do the best in all you do and be your own best friend. Yeah. Which sounds easy, but to be your own best friend sometimes can be challenging because we tend to be too hard on ourselves. So it's a little reminder, always be your own best friend. Yeah, absolutely. I love that one. Mm, thank nice. you. Be your own best friend. <laughs> yes. Who or what is inspiring you at the moment? Um, I've been reading and researching a lot on epigenetics. Mm. So I guess Dr. Bruce Lipton, I'm not sure if many people will have heard about him, but he wrote a book a little while ago called The Biology of Emotion. And his research is actually proving how our environment and our behaviors can actually change how our our genes behave, but also how our DNA receives information. So I guess that makes it that saying DNA is not destiny, very true. So I think anything of genetics is my cup of tea at the moment. Yeah, it's so interesting, isn't it? Mm, it is, absolutely. It really is. Mind and, power. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Mm. And what does an inspired life look like to you? I like to keep things very simple, harmony. Yeah. And I think just waking up every day, doing what you love, contributing to making the world a better place, you know, by being of service to your family, your community, people around you in general. And also I think having a daily practice where you really think about the things that you're grateful for Mm. and then being really grounded and connected to nature. To me, that's an inspired life. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, I Mm. um, always 
uh, tell my clients to start their day with some sort of gratitude practice and myself, even though sometimes we might miss that practice if we're like getting ourselves in a rut with the busyness yes. of life, but you really notice it when, well, I talking personally, I really notice it when mm. I miss my gratitude practice or just sitting down with my breath even if it's just for five minutes in the morning, it does make such a difference. And like you said, the mind, the way that you can imprint in the mind, the first thing in the morning will set you up for your day. It's so true. It is. And it doesn't take long. It's just, as you said, five minutes. Yeah. Breathe with intention. And I said to a friend one day, sometimes before you even have, you even had to work, you already have hundreds of things to be grateful for. Think yeah. about your breakfast. I'm not sure about you, but I buy my milk, I buy my bread, and it's all organic. And I think, oh my goodness, I'm so grateful for the people who made those things for me, for the people who transported them into the supermarket. So yeah. gratitude comes from the small things, and then it just grows and grows and grows. And then it has the power to truly transform your life. Yeah, absolutely, it does. Mm. Well, we'll get into the episode, which we're okay. going to be talking all about hormones. I love this topic <laughs> and the effects of stress and trauma on our hormones because they go very hand in hand. But I thought a nice way to start would actually be to explain the female hormones in the body and mm -hmm. their role in their body in the body so that when we go on to the effects of stress and trauma, uh, we know sort of what hormones we're talking about in what capacity. Okay, so sure. yeah, if you would like to start with um, telling us about the different female hormones and their effects in the body. Okay, um, there are quite a few hormones that a woman's body will produce, but mm -hmm. I guess the significant ones for us to discuss, of course, will be estrogen and progesterone. Yeah. And in a nutshell, estrogen is more dominant on the first two weeks of your cycle, and the function of estrogen is to stimulate the follicles and then up into ovulation. Then we have the ovulation, and then progesterone comes into play to prepare the uterus for conception. So then we have, and also another important role of progesterone is to suppress estrogen as well, which is really important. And it also makes the uterus, the, the, the lining of the uterus thickens for the egg implantation. So if there's a conception, then we have the progesterone remains high, but in case there's no conception, then both hormones remain low. And then we have the shedding of the lining of the uterus, which is our menstruation. And what happens in a woman's cycle is when we have an imbalance of this ratio of estrogen and progesterone, that's when we start having our hormonal related problems, PMS, PCOS, endometriosis, so on and so forth. Mm. Yes. <laughs> and there's quite a lot of things that can create that imbalance ratio, which I'm Certainly. sure, yeah, I'm sure we'll be talking about um, soon. <laughs> and one of those things that does impact the ratio of those hormones is mm -hmm. stress and trauma. Yes. So definitely. would you like to talk to us about um, the effects of stress and tra uh, trauma on the production of hormones and, and then the possible disease manifestation from chronic stress 
So I guess we, I'd also like to point out when we're talking about stress, there's difference between acute stress, which is something mm-hmm. that's just happening then in the moment, and mm-hmm. then the prolonged stress that we yes, seem to experience in our day-to-day lives. So perceived pressure, um, the just even like every day waking up, the stress of getting the kids, getting ready to go to school, then going to work, like that constant stress that sort of sits in the background, the more chronic stress having yes. different impacts on the hormones. So True. If yeah, if you'd like to go through that with us, that would be wonderful. Yes, and just going on the same page as you are. And also, I always like to start saying that everyone experiences stress and trauma differently. Mm. And then we should never judge or normalize someone's experience because as they say, you know, your ruler is different than mine. So some things Mm. are harder for you to cope or some people are just more resilient than others. Let's put it this way. But nonetheless, some some traumas also have their roots in childhood. And we are carrying them on our subconscious minds and Mm. we don't even realize how they've been playing a part in our chronic stress for so long. And this can be triggered from any significant events that you experienced back then, Mm. but they are still playing in your subconscious mind and they have to be brought to the surface so we can heal it. And also, um, I'm not sure if you know, but we function mostly on a subconscious level. Mm. In fact, our unconscious mind can process 11 million bits per second of information, something like that. Whereas the conscious mind can only process, I think it's five or 50, I actually noted that, 50 bits of information per second. Yeah. So as you can see, we are mostly unconscious of the things that you experience. Mm. And on top of that, you you know because you know you you practice yoga and everything but our heart has a seven seven meters radius Mm. and our heart actually feels things before they come into our conscious mind and to our brain yeah yeah so yeah we say it's ayurveda the heart is like the second mind exactly if not the first mind i would say mind yeah you could argue that that's for sure And so imagine how people are living without really following their hearts because they're Mm -hmm. too much in their mind. So Mm -hmm. this is a, this is another stressor to your life. Yeah. And also the other thing with stress, we have physical stress, financial stress, emotional stress, there's different types of stress, but the body response is the same. Absolutely. I always tell my clients that it doesn't matter the way we were built. It doesn't matter if the snake's jumping out at, out at you from a tree or if you are under that perceived pressure of having to get to work on time or you've got kids crying at you or you ingest a whole lot of caffeine. It all simulates that same response in the body that exactly. drives the adrenaline, which drives the cortisol and so on (laughs) exactly and that's what we're gonna talk about it the so-called fight and flight response yes so what will happen is the parasympathetic the sympathetic nervous system will trigger the release of adrenaline and cortisol Mm -hmm. and then what will happen is most of the non-essential functions of the body you name immune system digestion reproduction and so we call the rest and digest functions, they get suppressed, they are on hold. Mm-hmm. 
and because they are on hold those functions will get compromised when you are under stress so when you think about our lives mostly from i don't know from our childhood or teenagehood or for most women once they get married and have kids so they are on that constant stress mm. so then all those functions get compromised and then in the long run you find that hormone producing diseases ovulation gets compromised and then you have problems like estrogen dominance so what i'll do i just took a few notes here that I think could be useful for a lot of women out there that don't know what's happening to their bodies. Yeah. So when we are under stress, the cortisol inhibits one of the main sex hormones, which is the gonadotropin releasing hormone, mm. which means that your body produces less hormones to start with. And I'm talking about the reproductive hormones. Mm. But not only that, they found out there is another hormone that the brain releases under stress, that we will inhibit the creation of this hormone on its own. So that's a double effect, yeah. not only inhibits the one that we had, but inhibits the production of new ones. Mm. So that's the starting of the hormonal problem for a lot of women. And then there is also an inhibition of the luteinizing hormone, which is the one that causes the follicle to mature. So in terms of a lot of women out there that are experience an ovulation or irregular cycles or finding hard to conceive, it's important to go back to the stress and see how your ratios are going, especially for the luteinizing and follicle stimulating hormones. Mm. And then we have also the stress causing the adrenal glands because most of the hormones, they are produced from pregnenolone. Oh, cannot pronounce that name properly. But anyway, there's this main hormone that most of the sex hormones are produced from. And then you have cortisol competing with these hormones because there's just so much of that hormone to produces a lot. So when you are under stress, instead of producing progesterone, for example, you'll be producing more cortisol. Mm -hmm. And then you experience an estrogen dominance because there's not enough progesterone to inhibit the estrogen on the second phase of the cycle. And then we're starting to talk about problems like fibroids, heavy periods, heavy bleeding, and anxiety, all that is happening because the body is prioritizing cortisol, because the body perceives that you're under danger and under stress. That's right. And the body's not trying to harm you. It's the way it was built like so that it can protect you in a state of well back in the day caveman day or cavewoman day like when we exactly. were going into famine or when we were going to be attacked by some wild creature it exactly. is the way the way that the body deals with that kind of immediate stress but it's just unfortunate that these days our modern world is full of these types of stress and as we mentioned at the start of the podcast, the body does not differentiate the different types of stress. It acts the same way, no matter what the stress is. So you're still going to produce those same hormones or inhibit other hormones being produced. Exactly. So that is why it's really important. We always um, go on about being able to sort of manage stress and our stress response. 
and it gets thrown around a lot these days and people are becoming aware of it which is really really good but knowing why knowing the actual physiology of what is happening into the body and understanding that on a sort of hormonal level helps Mm -hmm. you to really realize the importance of being able to manage your stress somewhat I mean we're not going to manage all of it all the time we're human and we're here to go through these different experiences and these emotions but being able to step out of that sympathetic nervous system that drives a lot of these hormones and come Mm. back in or inhibits the hormones either or and come back into that parasympathetic state which we were naturally born to be in but it just so happens these days we're often and functioning from our sympathetic state so much more than that parasympathetic state and it's so important as well to to tell people that these both systems they never function at the same time so the longer we stay on the sympathetic the less time we have for this important repair mechanisms that the body has Mm. and also a lot of people they think that stress is just something that you experience in their mind and then it comes to your body but as we were talking before about the brain the heart being the second or i'll call the first brain um stress mostly comes from fear Mm. that's the body response so your body's your best friend is trying to protect you Mm. so then i guess for you to turn into the parasympathetic so you feel safe you have to ask yourself important questions. What it is that I'm fearing? Mm. And I see so many women, they have that fear of not being good enough or fear of not feeding in. And then I think, okay, so what are the projections that you are allowing into your center, into your frame? Because if you were the only person on this planet living your own most beautiful journey, those fears wouldn't be here Mm. so you are projecting or you are allowing other people's expect expectations or whatever it is or their values onto your life Mm. and come back on fear as well something that is very important as you were saying your body is always trying to protect you right and then the body thinks she's in danger Mm. She, she can't get pregnant yeah it's why it turns off those sex hormones yeah absolutely. exactly Stop and the things. other it's it, it is literally what happens and the other thing as well is the body sometimes for example when a woman i always say to my clients if you experience something as simple as pms think about it prioritize myself yeah i love it pms that's pms yeah. prioritize myself are you doing that enough a little warning shot (laughs) it is and your body will always send you signals and sometimes those signals they are hard to swallow but it's your body trying to protect you and telling you you need to give me some attention because i'm communicating with you here and that's how the body communicates hormones symptoms signs and we just have to kind of what we do part of what we do is to show clients what their bodies are trying to show them all along That's right. And yeah, hormones are just chemical messengers that go through the bloodstream, the body to so that we can function as we were meant to. Yeah, absolutely. And so you did just bring up PMS. So I do want to touch on that a little bit because I know it is such a big topic. 
So can you explain how hormones impact our mood like PMS? So what's actually happening there from a hormonal level? Okay. Um, so with the PMS from a hormonal level, uh, there's quite a few things that we can go. More often is the ratios again of estrogen yeah. and progesterone. And we see more often nowadays that people are more estrogen dominant. Yeah. But PMS can also occur not just because of um, hormones. It can also be deficiency in minerals and vitamins. So you find quite often a deficiency in magnesium and that will lead to the cramps and the headaches before a period and the migraines. Mm. Also, low progesterone can give you those headaches and then you can feel flat on the ground in your periods. And then you have the estrogen with breast tenderness and, and water retention and everything. Mm. And then you have the vitamin B6 as well with the cramps. So I think then we're talking hormones and nutrition together yeah. to create that PMS scenario. Yeah. And also inflammation, which when we think about it, chronic stress leads to chronic inflammation. That's and then true. when that inflammation becomes, even if it's a low grade inflammation, but when it com com becomes systemic, then you have you know, your muscles and your uterus and all those organs is struggling a little bit, a little bit to function. And then you get a little bit of um, pelvic congestion as well. And you struggle for your periods to really flow. And, as, and I think something important for women to notice, the darker their blood is, the more prone they will be to have PMS. And one of the things, if you're having heavy, heavy PMS one month, look back on your previous month. That's right. Yes, as I'd always say, it's not, you need to look, yeah, you need to look back at least a month prior to menstruation mm -hmm. to see how you were treating your lifestyle, what nutrition you were eating, what things you were doing, your stress levels, because that will all impact. It's not just like you stress the day before you're going to get a crappy period. No, it doesn't <laughs> no. work like that. No. It's a big lead up into ovulation as well. I was talking about this to a friend the other day. Like if, um, you know, a little bit of bloating around ovulation and your period is normal, but when it's in excess with a lot of other symptoms and pain, then it, sometimes needs to be investigated. There could be something else going on. But yes. it also depends on the stress and the lifestyle and the nutrition leading up to ovulation. I know myself that I get bloating around ovulation and, it, and more so when I've had a really busy month or been super stressed. And I know nothing sinister is going on, but I just know from my stress levels and my lifestyle before that I'm going to have a more estrogen dominant cycle and I'm going to suffer a little bit more with my ovulation, bloating, yes. and also with my period as well. And I think yes. that's the beauty of really starting to understand how the female body works and the hormones. When we get to tap into our own body's wisdom and understand how it works, we feel a lot more deeply connected and we can so understand true. the symptoms without thinking something's really really terribly wrong or if there is some things wrong we have the insight to go get it investigated by a health practitioner yes. so I think it's really important to have these conversations and even we were speaking before we went to air with the podcast and you were talking about it it's really beautiful at the moment how women are coming together and having these conversations so and that just gives me goosebumps actually because <laughs> you you were even alluding to like in you know in our 
traditional days we we were women were a tribe a tribe of women and we supported each other through all of these stages of life and stages of our monthly cycle and but yeah now you know everyone's gone their separate ways and their separate lives so it's nice to come back together to have these conversations to educate and inspire women to really deeply connect to themselves so they feel at home in their body and they know what's going on in the body. I think that's just so important. So. It's so true. And woman also has the oxytocin, that is the bonding hormone. Yeah. We were made to bond with other people, mm-hmm. to bond with other women, to raise children together. So yeah. what happens is, is against our nature to be competitive. Mm. And when we become competitive, that's what drives that fear of, in a in a decency, fear of not being good enough or not being skinny enough or not being pretty yeah. enough you name it mm. that has to stop because yeah. we are so uniquely beautiful and if women were to support women the world would be a different place yeah so because true. that's that's enough for all of us to be around and when you find someone that nurtures you that is healing in itself and makes you feel safe and when you feel safe Mm. you go into the parasympathetic so your body can rest can digest can repair and can reproduce beautifully without having you know those huge cramps and all other hormonal problems that we face yeah that's exactly right and as you were mentioning that that high competitive nature that comes out it's from like the ayurvedic perspective uh, a pitter imbalance that that heat and that fire too much fire we sort of need to just ground that fire pull it down so and, true yeah absolutely <laughs> so we've touched on um yeah the the effects of stress on hormones hormones on stress as well mm-hmm. i would just like to go over some more of the symptoms and signs of a hormonal imbalance so um sure. we've talked talked about the hormonal imbalance between the estrogen and the progesterone but mm-hmm. some of the symptoms like you mentioned um sore breast things like that that can elude uh, it's, i mean that's not always an imbalance but maybe for that cycle it's a little yes. bit dominance but more yeah i think uh, hormonal imbalance more of the sort of um direct signs and symptoms yeah sure so my clinic experience is that most women when they have problems with their cycles or with their hormones in general that is either caused or aggravated by stress Mm -hmm. and then I think the first question to ask so we can understand what a woman's going through is what is going in their life what's going on with their life at that moment or you know a little bit before have they been feeling overwhelmed and how is their sleep how is this how are their diets all those things will affect their hormones, not in one cycle, but in a few leading up to yeah. now. And from now, what we can also say and is that your cycles, once you change, they're not going to be regulated straight away. There's a minimum of three cycles until they start getting back on track mm. with proper nutrition as well, not just the stress management. But I guess we often see that women with estrogen dominance, they will have... Remember that estrogen is a little, more, a little bit more stimulating than progesterone. Mm-hmm. So the body feels a little bit more agitated on estrogen. That's mm-hmm. why in the first 
two weeks of our cycles up into ovulation, we are bubbly, we are now outgoing, our libido is great yeah. because estrogen is stimulating yeah. those changes. And then, but most of the symptoms related to estrogen dominance would be water retention, bloating, um, tender breasts, and then you have heavier periods, swelling, a little bit of pelvic congestion, and then PMS-driven headache and migraine that can start, you know, a couple of days before and up until the day you start bleeding, irritability, insomnia, brain fog, and anxiety. Mm. So all of those ones, they go along with estrogen. And then not as often when you see women that have a little bit of excess progesterone or that is just the rate is just a little bit off, their libido falls a little. And then they also feel a little bit more on the, not depression, depression, but on the more of the depressive mood in a way. They yeah. feel a little bit down. They don't have that stamina. They don't want to do anything. They crave sugar. They feel tired. They feel, they just feel kind of off and low energy because yeah. the progesterone is a more calming hormone. But then if you don't have the estrogen in that way to balance, then you feel too calm in a way. Mm. which is not, which is not where you want to be you want to be balanced so mm. i guess most of the things and i then you go into the long run then you're gonna start experience other things like amenorrhea which is the lack of period altogether and then we need to investigate a little bit further and other hormones as well but then you have heavy bleeding which quite often goes on along with estrogen dominance mm. fibroids and then PCOS, and then there's quite a few that we can tap into, but I guess because every woman is so unique, then we have to see everything that's going into their lives, not just those two hormones. Absolutely. Another thing I see with a lot of like estrogen dominance is like quite clotty periods. So having, oh, yes, that yeah, is true. Yes, definitely. And as you mentioned, the anxiety. So when the ratio is out, so progesterone is our antidiuretic hormone as well as mm -hmm. anti-anxiety hormone. So, so true. With, yeah. So with that, when the range is out, um, you obviously can get that more restlessness and the more agitation and that fluid retention because as it acts as a diuretic, if it's low compared to the estrogen, it's not working as well yes. to be able to yes. reduce the fluid. And I think, as we mentioned um, sort of earlier on in the podcast, their progesterone and estrogen, they're both produced by like in the ovaries, but mm -hmm. the adrenals that also produce the cortisol, the progesterone yes. as well. So if there's a lot of stress, then mm -hmm. their um, adrenal glands are going to prioritize the cortisol. cortisol. And <laughs> that's, that's sort of not what we want when we're trying to get balance so <laughs> on so that good. yeah on mm. that I would love for you to talk more about the relationship between the adrenal glands and the thyroid because the thyroid it's kind of like this catch me too like it can help govern the menstrual cycle but then a poor menstrual cycle affects the thyroid and it yeah it's, it's so beautiful it's such an important point as well like that you're touching <laughs> but it is we have this beautiful orchestra going inside of us that yeah. is a pure symphony when it works well mm. and i think it's important that we don't need to be all very sciencey or everything but just feeling what you're feeling and when you get someone like yourself or like me that can put things um 
simply to our patients. So this is what's happening. This is what ha is happening. That's why you need to pay attention. And it's the same yeah. with our thyroid. Our thyroid regulates our metabolic rate. So if you think about digestion, heart rate, hormones, sleep, everything. Mm -hmm. And then what happens is the thyroid not only so we have the hypothalamus and the pituitary gland you know sending the, it's almost like they are the um the conductors of the orchestra and then they tell something to the thyroid but the thyroid has this interplay with the central nervous system that the thyroid hormones will interfere with how your brain functions because then your brain will dictate how much energy do you need where do you want to send your resources so it's kind of a little bit like a yo-yo in a way the thyroid says something then it sends back to the brain but what happens is during stress chronic stress both the adrenals and the thyroids work extremely hard mm. Because you see the adrenals is producing adrenaline, cortisol, and more cortisol than the hormones, than a little bit of hormones that is producing. Mm -hmm. But then the thyroid also is sending the, the T3 and converting into T4 to maintain your heart rate high, to maintain your sugar high, to do all the other functions. Mm -hmm. And then what will happen is, is not sustainable. So then we go into that phase of stress because we know that stress has the alarming phase, the res resistance phase and the exhaustion phase. Mm -hmm. So you can simply say that your adrenals and your thyroids, they get exhausted. Absolutely. There's and not enough nutrients for them because you're burning everything too fast. Mm. And then it's then when you literally you're on the ground and then your immune system finds the little you know, the little breach and then it comes and takes over. But yeah. then your immune system might be dysregulated mm. and then you might start attacking your own cells, which includes the thyroid cells. Absolutely. And that's when we start having a little bit of problems there too. Thyroid dysfunction, that's right. And mm. the thyroid, I think it's just, um, really important to know how important it is it regulates the thyroid hormones regulate all of the energy in all of our cells so it sparks the mitochondria all of the cells. in all of our cells so exactly. when we have thyroid dysfunction you can find yourself being really exhausted really fatigued like and mm -hmm. the other thing just to link it back to the stress and so we've already spoke about how the adrenals produce the cortisol under stress after yes. the adrenaline mm -hmm. and the thyroid uh, produces T4 and T4 is the inactive form and yes. T3, but it only produces a small amount of T3. The mm -hmm. T4 gets converted to T3. Exactly. However, when we're stressed and we produce that cortisol, the, the body wants to conserve as much energy as it can. And so it goes it directly to reverse. Exactly. <laughs> so the thyroid the T4 won't uh, convert into the active form of T3. It, it reverts into what we call reverse T3. T3. And they take up the receptors on the cells. And instead of T3 taking up the receptors, which gives us that metabolic function and the energy, it's the reverse T3, which is the is also like an inactive form, basically. Exactly. So, and then it just, yeah, this spiral keeps going. So we really need to get to the root cause and what I feel like Simone keeps pointing out to us is often the root cause is stress and trauma in our lives 
And it's so, so true. So easy to say, oh, we just need to manage stress. We just got to manage stress. But this is why. This is why it's so important. And this is what, yeah, I know someone's so passionate about and trying to explain to us, like, we really do have to manage stress, not just because it's the cool thing to say. And we know that <laughs> we need to because it feels good. But yes. for these reasons in our body, for these hormonal reactions or reactions. And, and just to give some people a hint as where they are at at the moment with their stress, just think about it. If your patients wake up and they wake up already tired and then the cortisol peaks a little in the morning, they, they go and they go on with their life. They push themselves a little. And then by three o'clock, they are already, they don't want anything to do with life. And then what they're doing, they're craving that energy there because their thyroid is already struggling. Mm. And then, and their adrenals are already struggling too. So yes. then they go on and have some coffee or muffin or whatever to get that kick for the rest of the afternoon, which just further aggravates the problem because that's not nutritionally rich enough for their body needs because the adrenals need a lot of vitamin C. Yeah. And then the thyroids need a lot of selenium, a lot of zinc, a lot of bees. And then what happens is people are further aggravating the situation, not realizing that they're already depleted of energy in a way. And is their body telling them I'm depleted of energy? And the thing also is we need to understand that physiologically we were never, we, we haven't had the chance to evolve mm. to cope with this chronic stress, this continuous stress. And then stress is not just you know, the stress of a deadline or anything. People also have to understand that stress is anything that takes the body out of homeostasis. Mm. So when you think about it, a strict diet, yes. that's a stress. Mm -hmm. Fasting every day, twice a week, because of whatever reason, that's a stress to the yeah. body. A strenuous exercise daily is a stress to the body. Lack of sleep, is a stress to the body mm. and emotional distress of course is a stress to the body so when you put all those things into the basket that basket becomes quite heavy it's a big burden in your system yeah. and then because the body is trying to protect you it's just going to do the bare essentials and that's why people feel so tired and that's why their hormones struggle so much as well mm. i'm so glad you brought that up um, the different facets of stress. So we think of stress as being emotional stress or when we're like, ah, go crazy because we've got too much yeah. on our plate. But, but you're absolutely right. No lack of sleep is a massive one I see mm. with women is a massive stress. And as we mentioned, cortisol should be the highest in the morning. That's your up and go hormone. Mm -hmm. But if you're under chronic stress, the cortisol keeps like graphing upwards and then when it comes to nighttime and you want the melatonin to kick in if cortisol is high it'll cancel out the melatonin exactly. now our melatonin turns into serotonin which we know is our happy hormone so mm. if we can't get that conversion happening then we ain't going to be that happy and <laughs> we're not going to be sleeping <laughs> because and exactly the melatonin is what gets us to sleep and lets us stay asleep so that's another bit, a great one that you brought up that point. Um, the other one, right nutrition. 
so important if you've got hormonal imbalances yeah you probably do want to go for the coffee which we've already mentioned is just another stress response in the body the body sees it exactly the same produces the adrenaline does that whole adrenaline rush drive thing that goes on and um, cortisol already dysregulates sugar so then when you as you said go for the muffin and the sugar fix at the end of the day it's not going to be nourishing your hormones and balancing them in any any way yeah, at all. So true. And the very um, yeah, thank you, vitamin C for the adrenals and also the yeah, the selenium, the iodine, the zinc, the vitamin Bs as well to get exactly. it all functioning. We need that, and we've got to get that from you know our fresh produce, our fruit and vegetables. So nutrition is so important with it's hormonal. The yeah, mm-hmm. the basics. There was something else you mentioned. So nutrition, sleep. Oh, what was the other really good one you mentioned? Sorry, you were saying. Which one? To, to help bring the body back or the ones yeah, that are stressors? Uh, the stressors that what the body recognizes uh, as stress. It's strenuous exercise. Oh, that's it. That's it. Yes. Thank yes. you very much. Now, mm-hmm. that is also a really important one because HIIT exercise, high intensity interval training exercise. Now that is great for someone who's in a balanced state. It's a really good form of exercise for your body. But if you're adrenally fatigued or have some sort of thyroid dysfunction going on, it does the opposite. And I've been all through this, I understand. (laughs) And I love my HIIT exercise. But when I'm hit, like, you know, crash with my adrenals and my thyroid, it's the worst thing and you don't lose weight. You just put it on and you start to, because your body's trying to protect you <laughs> and That's then all so the fluid, true. because as it high intensity exercise drives that cortisol and the inflammation. So that's also why it's really important to have rest days between high intensity exercise or change it up a little bit and do more things like walking or yoga Pilates to really balance it out. But if you're in a stage of sort of adrenal fatigue, thyroid dysfunction, then I would just take out the HIIT exercise until you've started to heal your body, heal your adrenals and your thyroid before you bring that back in. So important. So thank you for bringing those up. They're really important points to make. Absolute pleasure. (laughs) And I think also while we're on on that topic, we might just brush over um, the hormones effect with weight. So... uh, like weight gain caused by sort of hormonal imbalances and when we think of like that sort of estrogen dominance sort of weight gain it's you or or not yeah estrogen dominance but also high production of constant cortisol which causes that thickening around the abdominal area the thickening of the torso that's a really sort of classic sign of weight gain from hormonal imbalance so if you'd like to talk a little bit more on on your tips with weight management hormones, I would love yes. to hear them. Um, so the way it goes is because the cortisol induces the body to use more energy, but mm. the cortisol also has the ability to choose what energy it wants the body to use. So what it does is instead of just using the glucose that we already have circulating in our blood, it says, no, I need more. So then it gets the liver to convert this, the gluconeogenesis. So gets this, the stores that we have in our liver for glucose that is stored in the muscles, in the protein cells, and then sends more glucose into our blood. Mm. But at the same time, the cortisol also inhibits the insulin. Mm. 
to prevent the glucose to go and be being uptaken by the cells because it wants this it wants it circulating to where it needs on the muscles and you know everywhere and then what happens is because the cells are not receiving that um that glucose the cells are already starving they need the glucose so they can you know perform their functions so yeah. then the cells especially you know not the muscle cells but the other cells in the body that needs to perform the other functions they send a signal to the brain saying hello i need energy and then we get hungry yeah but then we get hungry for high calorie sugary foods because glucose is the quickest source of energy so then what we do, we go for the sugar treats mm. because we need that quick energy. So your brain is signaling that. But the problem is in our mind, because of the response to stress, the body is doing that because it thinks we need that extra energy to run away. Yeah. But we're not running anywhere. We're staying sitting in our yeah. desks, freaking out because someone else is on Facebook. Yeah. And then we're not burning those extra calories. Mm. And then what happens is instead of just going well distributed to the body, because what happens is every excess calories and every excess glucose will be converted and stored as fat. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then, but then because of the cortisol is sending signals to the body to restore that as visceral fat. So it's quicker to store. So instead of going deep into the adipose tissues, it's being stored around, you know, your waist. Mm. Yeah. And, and that is the problem. So then you have to think, okay, am I eating because I'm tired or am I eating because I'm really, really hungry? So what I always say to people, the best thing that you can do for yourself is to stop the crazy exercising, is to cut your to-do list by half, mm. is to walk in nature without your phone, and is to eat every three hours. Yeah. And then you cut all the stimulants from your diet. So you cut all the caffeine, you cut all the alcohol. It can be challenging, but then they get used to, and then you start eating every three hours. So then you start eating lots of essential fatty acids, lots of nuts, lots of seeds, and then you start eating more protein and cutting the carbs. So then your body starts to use, you know, the protein in the fat again as fuel mm. instead of trying to go glucose, glucose, glucose. And yeah. then you start burning your reserve because then those foods are so highly nutritious and they send a signal to your brain. Oh, there's an abundance. I'm not in danger. I don't need to store anything. I can let things go. So then people will find that without doing so much exercise, they naturally start losing weight and they start naturally feeling more hungry throughout the day as well. Mm, yeah, absolutely. And I know we keep banging on about cortisol. It does. It, it has its purpose. <laughs> it's all about the cortisol. Poor cortisol. <laughs> Poor cortisol. I mean, it does have its purpose in the body and it has a really yeah. good one. So absolutely. when it's in acute situations, when it's meant to be used, it is actually an anti-inflammatory. Exactly. So it, it, does, it does govern a lot of really good properties. It's just exactly. when it's, um, it is produced prolonged and over chronic or chronic stress but also yes. when it is in that case it also becomes very catabolic so it does break down muscle and therefore mm. decreases metabolic function in the body so as true. well 
Mm -hmm. So unfortunately, we do want it in those really acute, acute periods, but then we want it to turn off or dull it down so it's exactly. not produced long term and we do want it in the morning so we can get up and go and get that energy but we want it then to be coming down as the day moves on exactly. I um I know when I felt very adrenally fatigued I sent off my own labs to get tested <laughs> and I saw my <laughs> own graph and it was like <laughs> up in the morning which is fine um and then it was just like skyrocket in the middle of the day like oh, wow. this really high stress I was like yep that sort of makes a lot of sense <laughs> yes so, yeah. it does yeah. and when you think about it um sometimes you're going through things that and and the body again I that's why I love learning about the mind so much because mm -hmm. the mind keeps creating shortcuts right mm -hmm. yeah. so what happens is there's the mouth that we call the mouth adaptation because what happens is your body understands that you are under stress or your body because we are creatures of habits mm. so then the body learns your preferences and learn how your moods and your behaviors and what you do so the body creates the shortcuts yeah so the physiological response remains the same so sometimes mm. you might not be under stress anymore but because your body response got so used to that stress yeah physiologically you are still responding to stress yeah so the cortisol is still governing your days even though you're no longer under that stressful situation yes. so for example you were in a certain job that was really really stressful and you were there for let's say six months so your body learned to deal with that certain level of stress and you will respond accordingly. Mm. Then you've changed your jobs. So then you have to train your brain to unlearn mm. the way it was responding before. Yeah. And you, and you have to do that, you know, through meditation, through changing your habits and creating new healthy habits. Otherwise, even though in your case, for example, you are no, maybe no longer feeling that stress, but you could probably be at, at risk of keeping that cortisol was not a curve anymore was almost like a line yeah you know what i mean so it is dangerous so that's why my mindfulness is so important as well absolutely and that yeah that's what i had i already knew that like my schedule was <laughs> pretty full and i knew that's why i did the bloods the <laughs> i actually just wanted to see it so but when i saw it i was like it kind of Sort of ingrained well i need to change some things because unfortunately it's not just a, it's not a pill it's not a quick fix it's a oh. lifestyle thing it's a nutrition thing so i really had to take my own advice and look at the things i was doing i know i was over committing to a lot of things i was mm. jamming my schedule i was having a really hard time saying no i think that's a big one for women just mm. saying yes because you think oh yeah i can do it and you don't say no um, you do really want to catch up with all your friends but you um, and do these social outings and stuff, but you're exhausted, but you still say yes and go. I mm -hmm. think that, you know, so I had to really look at my calendar. I had to chop a lot of things off it. I had to reschedule my um, clinic so I could have like small breaks in between clients. Yeah, and, so important. Yeah, absolutely. And just like I mentioned, I had to take away the high intensity exercise for a while and then work my way back up it once I've nourished my adrenals and my thyroid. Started taking some really wonderful Ayurvedic herbs to sort of support 
my thyroid and support um, my adrenals. Mm -hmm. Also um, supplemented with some of the selenium, the zinc, uh, the iodine and stuff for my thyroid for that period of time as well. And mm. yeah, ashwagandha, shatavari, some really great herbs. And they are certainly are. Yeah, and I think mm. um, it's it's not overnight. Like it takes time. And like you said, remodeling. If if it's not working for you, if you're finding stress somewhere in your life, then you need to remodel your routine, or you need to remodel something because, as you're explaining your brain associates that routine with that level of stress and it just goes there straight away. Mm -hmm. so definitely having to remodel some of the routine that I was doing as well. But I'd love yes. to hear, um, I don't know if you've had personal experience with um, adrenals or hormonal imbalance or thyroid. And if not, some tips you give to your clients to be able to manage the stress and get them back into a more balanced state. Yeah, so um, myself, I have, oh, I think I'm my own case study because I had all the issues that we can possibly manage, yeah. uh, imagine. So I dealt with anxiety, like severe anxiety for most of my life. Okay. And then even, I think when I was on my, I came to Australia when I was 30, so that was 15 years ago. So then I was in a really lovely relationship and I used to say to my now husband, it's so interesting because I'm happy, I'm comfortable, but my body is still crazy. Yeah. And my body was crazy because it had anxiety since childhood and traumatic, traumatic experiences. So my body was always on that response, the high yeah. alert response, and I couldn't relax. Yeah. And then of course, led to hormonal issues. I was completely disconnected from my cycles and I have been for most of my life, had been for most of my life. Yeah. So I had huge fibroids. Oh, wow. Huge. I had two surgeries and it was really painful. I got really anemic because I wouldn't stop bleeding harmony. I needed to go on heavy medication I yeah. would, and I'm small and I wouldn't yeah. stop bleeding. So I had no energy for anything. And then, of course, my thyroid, which was first was really, really high. So, you know, my TSH was low and I was always hyperactive and my blood, my, my heart rate was typical cortisol person, high cortisol, heart rate, anxiety, eating a lot, but not putting on weight. So my thyroid was always over-functioning. Yeah. But then when I was experiencing all this heavy bleeding and I was under a lot of stress because I was trying to start a family, I was trying to finish my studies, I was working full time, so it was so hectic. Mm. So then like yourself, I needed to stop everything and look after myself. Yeah. I had no other option but having surgery and my doctor said that he was this close of needing to take my uterus out and I'm so mm -hmm. grateful he didn't yeah and then so what happened was I needed to reassess my entire life mm. and I needed to dig very deeply to see okay who am I why my body is under all this craziness because I always loved exercising I was always happy and always ate well but then I didn't realize how this disconnection with my body and my femininity femininity would create so much chaos. Mm. 
so then I started understanding more about the hormones and that's what I love what I do because as a naturopath I thought I got this I'm gonna take herbs problem solved and that's when my body gave me kicking the butt and said you need to be humble because everything starts here yeah there are no herbs or no vitamins no minerals that you can take if you don't change your life and the way you see yourself mm -hmm. and our priorities and how much you challenge yourself yeah so what i can say to women is think about what are you chasing and what are you doing is that to fulfill your heart's desire or is because of something else think about the amount of things that you're putting on your to-do list are they all your goals or you just feel like you have to do those things cut them by half and that's why at the start of our conversation I said to me that the key is simplicity mm. the more simple your life is the more grounded and connected to nature you feel the more you you stop worrying about everything else yeah because you reach that stage of contentment. And for, for us being women, we are, we are cyclical. Yeah. And whether you are on the pill or not, you still have those cycles. And I know that, you know, you, when you are taking the contraceptive pill, then you cut that communication between your ovaries and your brain. But nonetheless, your cells and your DNA, they still understand what is happening, what it is to be a woman. So you still have that fluctuation because it's imprinted on you. So pay attention to them. Mm. You know, go outside and look at the moon and what they do, what, what the moon does to the tides. And you will feel that it does to your body too because we are more than 80% water. Look at your blood and see what color your blood is, the consistency of your blood. Look at the foods you're craving. Look at the foods that you, you know, the foods that you're eating and how they affect your system. Because you are communicating with yourselves constantly. So when you learn to really respect yourself and have so much unconditional love for yourself, and then when you understand the self-care is your number one priority everything else starts to fall into place mm. that was so beautifully said oh, thank you. that was so beautifully said mm. i think that's got to be a wrap <laughs> <laughs> that was a very good conclusion oh, thank you and i'm sure we'll get to talk again <laughs> yes, that was lovely thank you so much for all it's of your insights it was such a pleasure to speak with you today oh it's been an honor and an absolute pleasure i'm the one that I have to thank you <laughs> thank you um so where can our listeners find you like what's your website and your socials where are you most active um, so I have a website which is fairly new. All my social media is fairly new because I've been in my own shell a little. I've been writing a book as well. Oh, exciting. Yeah, so hopefully it will be out soon. Oh. Uh, but my website is integrativewellness.net.au mm -hmm. and there you can find the link, the link for my Facebook page, my Instagram page. And even though it's fairly new, there will be lots coming. So watch that space. Yeah. What's yes. your book on? his own anxiety wow i'll have to get you back on the podcast when you've um launched your book 
Oh, that would be great. Yeah. Thank you. Love yeah. to have another Thank conversation you. about that with you. Yes. And people can always find me because I'm quite often working on the website because I put a lot of products there because what I found was that my patients, they were always asking me, where can I find this? Where can I find that? Mm -hmm. So then I'm putting everything that I recommend and all the products that I believe in on the website so okay. they can find everything in one place. Yeah. But also, I want that to be in a space for all women in business yeah. to showcase their things as well. So if, oh, if any woman out there, you know, if you have your candles or whatever you produce, if you like to sell on my website, I would love to have them there. And I'm always on Messenger. So if you just click on Messenger on the website, you're going to be talking to me straight away. Oh, lovely. Mm. Beautiful. And I'll put those details in the show notes as well. Thank you, Harmony. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. And thank you to everybody that has been listening to us. I hope you got something out of it. I sure did. And enjoy the rest of your day. Namaste. Namaste. <laughs> Bye. If you missed the intro and jumped straight into the episode, don't forget that my six-month Ayurveda Alchemist program is open for enrollment. This program certifies you as an Ayurveda lifestyle and wellness coach. It consists of 10 live lectures, fortnightly additional live Q&A support to keep you going, daily support inside the VIP Facebook community, two guest experts to help enhance your learning and help position your new business for success, and so much more. This is all delivered through an online portal, which can be downloaded as an app so that you can take this course with you wherever you go. My rose gold VIPs will also get a 30 minute coaching call with myself. Spots are limited and we start on the 26th of August. To grab your spot today, head to harmonyinspiredhealth.com.au. I can't wait to welcome you to Ayurveda Alchemist. share a really personal story about myself and my background of how my embarrassment and lack of confidence helped me to really heal my own body but also help others live their most inspiring and healthy life. So as most of you are aware, I'm a registered nurse and have been for the last 15 years. So I've been helping people heal and I have been teaching them and educating themselves about their body and their health. I'm also a personal trainer, a Pilates instructor and yoga teacher. So I spend a lot of my time on stage with a lot of eyes on me. And Although I have, have always eaten really well, I've always been into health and wellness, I've exercised my whole life, I suffered in silence with IBS, so that's irritable bowel syndrome and leaky gut for many years. And some of the symptoms were belly bloating, was gas, was burping, was pain through my belly, cramping, and really uncomfortable, uncomfortable symptoms. It also um, led to a lot of fluid retention and weight gain. 
So I felt really uncomfortable getting up in front of everyone as a quote unquote health professional and fitness instructor. At this time, my confidence fell to an all-time low. I tried diet after diet. I was on the search for that magic bullet that would finally work. I was eating less, counting calories, exercising more and harder. You name it, I tried it. But all the while, I was suffering on these diets. I was hungry, I was deprived, and I was moody. My hormones were, were wreaking havoc on me and my belly was not improving even on all of the diets because I know now I was eating the wrong things. I even tried a juice diet. Seriously, what the F I know, it is the worst diet for a Vata imbalanced person, which I was. But at that stage, I didn't understand this. So maybe you can relate and know how defeating this is. When your belly is constantly bloated, you look 20 weeks pregnant, you suffer with cramping, leaky gut, IBS, and despite the numerous visits to the doctor, gastroenterologist, and dietitian, nothing or none of the symptoms seem to subside until I took a step back and took charge of my life, my emotional, physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. At my lowest point, I felt like a fraud, embarrassed, frustrated, and hated wearing my activewear, which I lived in. I hated getting on stage in front of others who were looking to me for guidance. So I decided that there had to be a better way. I made it my life's work to study the real science about life, Ayurveda, my body, food and nutrition and learn why I was struggling for so many years. And I learned how to heal my metabolism so I could not only lose the weight that I had put on, but also keep it off for good and to really minimize the IBS symptoms I was suffering. I finally felt freedom with food and my body and learned how to eat and take care of myself that felt nurturing rather than punishment, which led me to some pretty incredible results. So my passion now is to help others live a more balanced and inspired life using a method I know works and dates back more than 5,000 years ago. And that method is Ayurveda and integrated health. It is the science of life. I created the Ayurvedic mind-body cleanse protocol, which is a 12-week cleanse to detoxify your mind and your body because Ayurveda understands that the mind and the body are intricately connected. Ayurveda shares ancient wisdom that has been proven to achieve a healthy, balanced mind, body and life. In my Mind Body Reset Cleanse program, you will have It's specifically designed for you at your initial consultation incorporating the protocol. The cleanse will consist of preparing the body, releasing and eliminating impurities and toxins, and rejuvenating the tissues. In Ayurveda, we say the datus. You will be supported throughout the process 
with one-on-one consultations with myself and Ayurvedic treatments such as lymphatic drainage massages. You will not only gain so much knowledge and insight about yourself, about your body, your mind and Ayurveda, but you will go on to live your most healthiest and inspired life. This cleanse will give you the tools that you will be able to use right throughout your whole life. So if this sounds something that you are interested in, if you suffer with leaky gut, IBS, bloating, weight gain, fluid retention, imbalanced hormones, skin that breaks out, mood changes, rapid mood changes, then please let me help you. Come and see me in my Ayurvedic and Integrative Health Clinic. You can book an initial consultation online with me or if you wish, we can even tee up a free discovery call to see if this program is right for you. Namaste.